Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Uncle Nacho Show. I'm your host, Uncle Nacho, and I'm so glad you could join me. The Uncle Nacho Show is an evolving podcast focused on intersections of diversity, oral history, and artistry. In the past, we've hosted interviewees from diverse backgrounds of academia, community organizing, mural arts, music, social media management, and much more. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy this next episode. episode of the Uncle Nacho Show. We're here with Mikey Cordero of Defend PR. How you doing, Mikey? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be here. Definitely, man. Uh, really appreciate your time and, and for having us here. We're at the Urban Arts Partnership uh, location. And just to give some background context on what Defend PR is, the mission statement reads, Defend PR is a multimedia project designed to document and celebrate Puerto Rican creativity, resilience, and resistance Recognizing the complex and dynamic landscapes that comprise Puerto Rican daily life and struggle, Defend PR seeks to deepen connections between Puerto Ricans on the island and throughout the diaspora in the hopes of nurturing greater solidarity, collaboration, and kinship. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know you're a native New Yorker, um, but also what inspired Defend PR? Yes, I'm a, a native New Yorker, born in Brooklyn. I spent a lot of my childhood summers in Puerto Rico because my mom's was like a teacher. Um, she worked in, for the Board of Ed. So like summers was like, she had off. So instead of us like running around driving her crazy, we like uh, go out to Puerto Rico for the summer and spend, you know, the two months out there with our grandparents. So I grew up spending a lot of time out there, you know? So I felt, you know, unlike a lot of New Yorkans, like I felt a lot closer to, to the island, you know, than most people. Um, just because I spent so much of my childhood out there and growing up out there, I had friends out there, you know. Yeah, so um, I'm from Bushwick, New York, too. Grew up in Bushwick, still live in Bushwick, um, surviving that also. <laughs> and so last summer, 2016, me, my boys, uh, Adrian Viajero Roman, Eli Jacob Fantuzzi, and uh, Christian Martin, like, we were all kind of, like, in our own right, like, posting stuff about what's, what was going on with the economic crisis in Puerto Rico and all the stuff that was happening around that. And we were all kind of also frustrated with, like, the media coverage of it and what was getting out and what we were hearing and also, like, questioning if we're getting everything we need to get, you know, if we're getting all the right information. So for us, it was more about, like, making sure that um, the right information was getting out, that we were getting the right information, and that, like, our communities were, like, well-informed about what was going on. Like, all of us were, are, like, artists, you know, in our own right. So we're all, like, natural storytellers, you know what I mean? 
So when we feel like a story is not being told right, <laughs> it bothers us a lot. So we started thinking about, you know, like what can we do? What's the ways that we could shed more light around this um, issue um, and also like support our communities out there? So the idea, so we came up with the idea to kind of just like, one, let's just go out there and like kick it and see like what's really going on for ourselves. And out of that came Defend PR because we kind of went out there. One, before we went out there, you know, we, we, we reached out to folks to see like, yo, we really want to talk to you guys, you know, what you've been doing, what kind of work is being done out there um, and kind of like document, you know, what, what's, what's really happening. So as soon as we touched down out there, uh, me and Eli went out there first. We went straight to this town by uh, Penuelas and got like the first thing we did. I think it was probably like 12 hours after we landed. We went to kick it with these people that were celebrating. They had just won this court case around uh, the dumping of toxic ashes in their landfill and that they had been fighting for years around this issue, um, and they finally like won a court case. So they were like celebrating that. So we went out there and kicked it with them on the beach, celebrating with them, and we uh, got to interview them and document them and stuff like that. And that kind of set it off for the whole trip, because like, after that, it was like nonstop. People were like, yeah, come, come check out what we're doing. Like, come see the real story. Um, La Junta Fiscal, um, the campamento, the, the camping, they were camping out in front of the federal building. Um, so people wanted us to go out there, and we were like really eager to like find out what hap- what's happening not only with like around this economic crisis, but like all the other things that are happening culturally, economically, socially, and what our communities are doing out there. Because a lot of it has to do with like not really representing the many voices and the many things that go on in Puerto Rico. A lot of people really treat it; they really romanticize the island and treat it as like this vacation destination and like tropical fantasy and you know stuff like that. But there's real people living there. There's like real communities there working, doing work. And we wanted to really like really like give them a platform, you know, to be heard. So, you know, some of the interviews had nothing to do with the economic crisis, and that was the point. <laughs> you know, like beside like, you know, in like even though that was happening, there were people that are still doing what they need to do, still like, uh, like they're cultural survivalists, so they're pushing the culture forward and making sure our culture survives and really supporting communities in other ways. And a lot of it was also because the economic crisis didn't affect them, <laughs> you know? And to understand that, you got to understand like historically what the government's relationship to its people in Puerto Rico is, <laughs> you know, and then you would understand why that all oh, this fucking economic crisis has nothing to do with me because it never did, you know, <laughs> like they'd never thought about of me like in terms of like the economy of this island, you know. So yeah, so a lot of the conversations were about that um, and just about like how people are sustaining um, new ways of sustaining and new ways of like community building and things like that. You know, a lot of like sustainable eating and sustainable restaurants um, and a lot of uh, agriculture. So people growing their own crops and things like that. And also like big crops that could be grown if more like if government, you know, like funded it and got more involved. It could actually be something that could um, help build the economy back up, which is like a huge thing in Puerto Rico, because historically Puerto Rico was very much rich of like. 
um, crops, like multiple crops, like growing multiple crops on the island and being exporters of multiple crops, especially like tobacco and sugar and things like that. When the United States took over Puerto Rico, they turned Puerto Rico into like a one-crop economy. And that basically set off all of this, you know? They went into all the tobacco plantations and turned them into sugar plantations, and then they monopolized the sugar plantations for U.S. businesses. So the talk of like agriculture sustainability now is so important and has so much historical context because you could say that is the foundation of the economic crisis that's happening right now um, and what the states did when they colonized Puerto Rico. So yeah, like the project kind of just built off of like us visiting people, um, documenting their stories, taking their portraits, and we, you know, we built so much footage, we got so much footage of all these people, and we started while we were out there to release this content in like short form. Um, so we would like release little like one minute videos of these people um, telling their stories, um, a lot of like portrait shots, um, so a lot of like kind of like photojournalism stuff, you know, and um, it got, you know, it got big real fast, man. Like none of us expected it. We had like about 5,000 followers on Facebook yeah. within like three weeks, you know. Yeah, the Instagram was popping. Um, and people were just like really like loving how we were telling the story, the people that we were highlighting and the, the authenticity of it, you know? Um, so it built from that and, you know, we created like a little hashtag movement behind it and people and everywhere started using the hashtag defend PR and yeah, it took off from there. And then Adrian, um, you know, um, Adrian is like a really, really dope, great artist, <laughs> So his, his real, um, he was really like focused on making sure, you know, that aspect of the project was, 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 was built too. So um, he's the one that I like, curated the City Cien show and I like, developed that idea for the show, um, collected the work, um, got 100 artists to submit 12 by 12 pieces, which is an, uh, <laughs> really hard to get Puerto Ricans to do, to do anything together. So applaud that man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that show was great. We got a lot of um, press from that show. It just went down last weekend. PBS covered it. NPR covered it. Um, and it's um, also a traveling exhibition. Um, so we plan to take it to Puerto Rico in June. And then other cities like Boston, Philly, Sacramento, San Francisco, um, Orlando. Um, so we want to definitely like travel with it, get the word out. And just tell this this side of the story, you know. The show itself is about the hundred years of citizenship. Um, March second, nineteen seventeen, was when uh, Woodrow Wilson signed the the Jones Stafford Act, uh, which granted Puerto Ricans born after eighteen eighty seven citizenship, U.S. citizenship. So the show was a reflection of the hundred years of that citizenship and what it actually means and the Puerto Rican diaspora experience of the last 100 years. How do you think your cultural background influence, you know, inspired what you do today? Yeah, my mom, my mom worked in education and my dad, my dad was the artist, you know? He was a great like illustrator. So those two I'm the product of those two things because I am an educator now and I'm a multimedia artist and those two are always connected in my work, you know? I think it's like, it's the artist's role to like provide a reflection of society 
and that is education, you know, like educating people about what's going on and what's happening. And I feel like now more than ever, that's what artists' roles need to be, <laughs> you know? And if you're not doing that, then I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. Like, you're wasting people's time because it's like, that's what we need you to do. And I think historically, that's what artists, like their moral obligation have been, you know? Um, they're the only ones that could communicate something visually to people, could actually provide empathy through their work, you know? There's not a lot of jobs that do that. So if they're not driving conversation, they're not driving different ways to view our society, then I feel like you're not, you're not doing your job as an artist, you know? I think that they're supposed to be the ones making us question. When it comes to Defend PR... You mentioned some of the activities you were involved, but are there any other like direct actions that Defend BR has done on the island in particular? It hasn't been, I wouldn't say like direct action. I think when we started the project and when we uh, released it, it was always like we wanted it to be a platform and we wanted to tell the story and make sure it was an authentic story from people from the island, like directly from them. I think we still do that. And we still got a bunch of stories to tell. And direct ways that this happens is because, um, you know, Eli went back in December. Well, before that, Eli uh, stood out there for a specific date, uh, August 31st. Um, And that was one of the the big protests in Puerto Rico, in Condado, um, where they protested the fiscal board meeting out there. It was one of the first fiscal board meetings that the Obama administrator appointed last year, and they were meeting for one of the first times in Puerto Rico. So there was a huge protest on August 31st, and Eli was there, you know, to like document it and get a lot of footage and interview people to make sure, you know, that story gets told and and, and, and it, it gets shared. And then uh, he was also there for another protest in Penuelas because they ended up coming back for the dumping of the toxic ashes and they tried to do it again. And there was about like a few weeks of like heavy protesting going on out there. And, and, and we were there, you know, to document that too. So in terms of like direct, I feel like the communication and the, like the promotion of what's going on out there, like authentically um, is a huge help for a lot of people. And the channel that we've built in order to like the access we have and the amount of people that are following us, like it serves as a way to get that information to them, you know, and I feel like that has a lot of like direct <laughs> repercussions and like, you know, people like instantly following what's going on and what's happening and being informed about what's happening, I think is hugely important. And then I think, you know, like this show that the Citizen Traveling Exhibit is also hugely important in terms of pushing the conversation forward around what exactly citizenship looks like and what a commonwealth is and what a colony is, <laughs> you know, that needs to be what people are talking about. Because in June, there's going to be another vote on statehood. So we're going to be out there for that also. So, you know, I think we always view Defend PR as like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a platform for people and we want to it like empower people. Like we're not giving people voice. They have a voice already. Um, we just want to be able to amplify that with what we do. You know, and I feel like we're, we're sticking to that and we're doing that. So I feel like that's direct <laughs> in a way, you know. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the vote on statehood. Some people don't give a fuck about becoming a state. 
you know, some people don't care about becoming independent, you know, and that's real, you know what I mean? Like, that's real, and we got to represent that, you know what I mean? But, like, personally, I think, I think the, the issue, the larger issue is, like, the diffusion of our culture as Boricuas, you know? And it's, like, the historical genocide <laughs> of our culture as, as Puerto Rican people. Centuries, going back centuries, you know? And the wiping out of the Tainos. Macro, like, it has to do, like, for me, it, it stems from that in terms of, like, cultural survival. Like, and maybe that's pro-independence, but I still feel like I'm more about cultural survival and making sure that our culture survives because um, you've been systematically culturally diffused for, for centuries to a point where we couldn't speak our language, we couldn't wave our flags, you know? And I think what people, what the people of Puerto Rico need and the diaspora need is to really reconnect to, to, to the origins of their culture and really come to terms to like what their culture are, you know? Because I think there's a lot, there was a lot of U.S. imposed culture that was <laughs> brought to the island. And I think a lot of people that live on the island, Puerto Ricans, that are pro-statehood are affected by that imposed culture, U.S. culture. I think we need to, to, to align first culturally. Like, we need to become one as a culture first before we can make a decision on, like, what's our future. But I also think that we need to survive on our own terms and not be dependent on anybody else, especially the U.S. fucking A, <laughs> out of all people, you know? And I, I like, personally think, like, I, I, I just want the chance <laughs> for us to survive on our own you know, by our own accord, you know? Like, we haven't been given that chance for centuries, <laughs> you know? So let's try that first and see what happens um, before, like, you could even make a definitive decision about, you know, what our relationship with the U.S. should be and stuff like that. But I do think we've been treated as a colony. I, I think there's no question of that. We're still treated like a colony. And our identity is in question. And I think... I think that's what the fight really is. Like we're fighting for like what our identity is right now because it's been so it's been so dispersed, it's been so like uh <laughs> split up and like destroyed our culture um and our identity that I think we need to get back to finding and and, and aligning ourselves on what our identity is and things like that. Um, and just know historically what we're coming from, where we're coming from. Because um, if we don't know where we're coming from, we don't know how to go forward, you know? Real fast, yeah, I wanted to shout out Eli, Jacob Fantuzzi, and his brother. Uh, being from the Bay Area, the Fantuzzi brothers, man, they're always moving and shaking. And Fist Up TV, big shout out. But a question I do have in terms of the diaspora and being from New York, and, you know, there's Puerto Ricans, obviously, like a largest population of Puerto Ricans are in Orlando now, Chicago. How do you feel Defend PR relates to the legacy of, say, the Young Lords Party? You know, I mean, when, whenever, you know, people see Defend PR, they're like, Defend PR from what? Like, what are you talking You know, that's always the start of the conversation. Like, what are we defending PR from? <laughs> A question that we ask people is always like, how, how do you defend PR? Because we believe, like, there's so many different ways to defend PR. And, and it's a loaded question because you also need to identify what Puerto Rico is. Like... It says defend Puerto Rico, but 
what are you defending? Well, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> like, do you know what you're defending when you say that, you know? And when we're saying that, and that, you know, that goes back to like, I think it's, it's the identity, our identity. I think that's what, like, when I say it, that's what I feel like I'm defending. Like, I want to defend our identity and, you know, make sure it survives because it's, <laughs> you know, there's a huge fear of it becoming extinct. And I think that's, that's, that's real, real. I think the Young Lords, um, you know, the Young Lords were very inspired by the Black Panther movement. And all those movements were very much about communities taking control of their futures, you know, and, and providing support for themselves and making sure we're all right, like looking out for each other. And I think in that aspect, you know, I think that's what Defend PR is also trying to do, like to make sure there's this like alignment amongst the diaspora, you know, like, you know, for a long time, you know, I, I would visit Puerto Rico when I was young during the summers and I was still being called like a gringo, you know, when I go there, you know, still to this day, you know, they'll call me a gringo because um, I'm not from there, you know, like I'm in the States and I live out here, you know what I mean? And I always struggled with that because I'm like, yo, fuck that, yo. I've been out here like every summer. That's like, that's like eight years if you count it all together. So I'm like, <laughs> like, what does it take? Like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, even y'all living on this island, you know, like, I was hella mad about that shit. Like, even people living, like, how do you, how do you even consider yourself Puerto Rican? Like, you just like, just by living here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I go to Puerto Rican Parade every year. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, but that was like, you know, the way I thought. And then, you know, I started to, like, realize how, how fragmented our identity was um, and how, in, how we internalized that shit, you know what I mean? Like, because that's what we've been doing. We've been internalizing it, and we've been saying to ourselves, like, now we could judge who's more Puerto Rican and who's not more Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, that's, that's, how, they, that's how they divide us, you know what I mean? I think that was definitely, like, a way of them dividing us, you know? Um, you know, make them argue amongst themselves and stuff like that, you know? So I think, you know, the, I think, you know, the Young Lords and, and the Black Panther movement was really much about, yeah, let's provide for our own, let's protect our own, right? Let's carry arms and make sure our people are all right because nobody else is going to do it and they're coming for us. So I think, you know, I think that's embedded in my bones of any work that I do. Um, community first, you know what I mean? Like making sure to like grow community first and making sure um, that's protected and that we know who we are, you know? And I think that stems from those movements also. Yeah, because I remember, so, you know, it's just the mutual community and what was happening like on Facebook, the hashtag, you know, the Fanta Uzi brothers is sharing it. And um, I remember when DefendPR, basically you were able to make your own meme and so that was cool. So maybe you already kind of touched upon it, but maybe you could tell us um, a little more insight on that campaign and maybe some of your favorite personal stories of like what people chose to say in terms of how they defend PR. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we always wanted the project to be like interactive, too, you know. Um, so that was like one of the first interactive things we did um, was like have people kind of create their own memes to like really become part of the movement. And just also share what's happening. And we did that around the August 31st date when there was the huge protest in Condado to really bring light to that. And we really just wanted people, one, to question, like have that question, because the question that was posed was like, how do you defend Puerto Rico? And we were asking you to like identify that and post up your photo. Um, so everybody really loved it. And I think uh, like a real good one by my, uh, the homie Ninja was uh, 
I defend Puerto Rico by hook or by crook. <laughs> yeah, people were getting really, really creative with it. <laughs> um, like some people created like 10 different versions of it. <laughs> so it was real dope to see people, you know, there were a lot of people that posted the same thing too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was that purpose to like really ask people and have them pose the question to themselves. Because we were posing the question to people we were interviewing and we were posting those up, but we wanted like the community to be more involved. And we still do. We still got a lot more interactive stuff. We created like a bunch of uh, 360 videos, specifically around uh, we got to visit Fidbento's house. And it was still taped up with like police tape, and there were still bullet holes in the walls and the refrigerator. So we got a tour of his house, and we did a 360 video there. And we had them kind of narrate what went down when they like basically assassinated him and invaded his house. Um, so there's this whole 360 experience where you're in his house, you're seeing bullet holes on the walls in the refrigerator, and they're narrating like the story of like what happened. We got that. We got La Puerta. That one, the Machetero one, is on the site. I'm about to release this other one called La Puerta, and that's around Calle San Sebastian and Old San Juan. There's this really famous mural. Part of the mural is a doorway where there's the Puerto Rican flag exists. You know, historically, it's been red, white, and blue. But last July, they painted it black and white. And it was around, like, July Independence Day, I think. And that kind of stirred up a lot out there like now it's like it's coming to the public eye and and artists are like getting the word out and the whole movement around the black and white puerto rican flag is very significant and you're seeing it a lot everywhere now <laughs> so this kind of goes over like what the manifesto was behind why they painted that door black and white puts you right in front of the door so you could check out and experience it yourself so like those are the type of things we want to do because um we want to make sure that that the revolution, you know, stays evolved. A lot of times, I think, in terms of revolutionary movements, they tend to not evolve and stay in the past in terms of, like, practices. You know, they're still practicing the same thing they practiced 60 years ago, you know? So we want to kind of, like, update it. <laughs> update you know the revolutionary practices and make sure um, it's inclusive to new technologies and also young people you know what I mean because it's like if you're doing the same shit you were doing 60 years ago like you're not getting to the same people you know and for me like that's a huge issue because all these motherfuckers in the young lords were 18 19 years old when they started it that's crazy <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, and I think there needs to be like a, a resurgence of our young people having that type of participation in this, you know? And I don't feel like there's a focus on that, you know? And not to say that, you know, our elders are doing great jobs, you know, but it's time. There has to be a, a new way to pass the torch. There has to be a new way of getting more people involved and getting more people immersed in, in like this experience. And you can't stick to the old ways of doing that, you know? You have to adapt and evolve. And like, you know, that's like personally what I feel needs to happen and what I bring into the Defend PR project. Um, so like shooting those 360 videos and all, and all the meme generator and all that stuff is really about bringing the next generation to this experience, you know, and using what they're familiar with to do that, you know, because we're going to need them. You know what I mean? Uh, it definitely has to be inclusive, like 
even just I feel like the phenomenon of like the blonde hair from the WVC, you know what I mean? Like you have to have you have to reach people who have all types of interests, you know what I mean? Have all different types of maybe gender identity and all that, you know, it has to be inclusive and, and modern. I had a question about the choice of the machete in the Defend uh, PR logo, the meaning behind that. We haven't definitively a- answered that question yet. <laughs> but, I mean, for me, uh, I actually, I did a design, I designed something called Defend Bushwick, and I used the machetes too. And I used the machetes because um, it was like a historically Puerto Rican neighborhood, you know? So it was like paying homage to that. Um, and then when the Defend Puerto Rico project started, one, we didn't know what we were calling the project until we got out there. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I was looking at the Defend Bushwick project and I knew, I was like, yo, this, it's the same fucking thing. Like, I used this kind of symbolism for gentrification, but colonization is just, <laughs> it's the foundation of gentrification, you know what I mean? Like, if any, like, gentrification is 3.0 of colonization, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, so I ended up adapting it for the Puerto Rico project and calling it Defend Puerto Rico. And then, you know, yeah, and that's also symbolism for the Macheteros, which is the independent movement in Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> and that might not be a coincidence, <laughs> you know? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, we'll leave that for the interpretation of the audience to have their own praxis, uh, action and reflection. And another thing is um, that the Nacionalistas' uh, color waves are black and white also. Um, so that's another interpretation <laughs> to take back to. And for the audience, you know, Uncle Nacho went to SF State as an undergrad. He wrote this uh, rupture of modernity in the Puerto Rican landscape um, while taking class with Nancy Mirabal. And there's some excerpts, you know, we don't have to get into all of it, but, you know, definitely you mentioned the Foraker Act. I'm just going to read a little passage that says the Foraker Act of 1900 put Puerto Rico under the control of the United States Department of War, an elucidation of the West's approach and attitude toward La Isla del Encanto or the Enchanted Island. The Foraker Act signified a policy of rupture through imperial control, and in time, its goal was to create the source of modernity the West idealized by allowing the U.S. to decide the governmental structure, mirroring that of the West's three branches, and establishing a military base on the municipality of Vieques. The Foraker Act reigned supreme as economic and political direction for the island in favor of U.S. determination. Later, the U.S. instituted another policy of rupture in favor of imperial modernity over the island, guised as a privilege instead of a right. This was via the Jones Organic Act of 1917. The act allowed Puerto Ricans eligibility for U.S. citizenship. However, the rationale was to provide more soldiers from a minority territory to serve on the front lines for the U.S. in World War One. You know, I wanted to ask more, you know, about your background as an educator. I know that you just went to South by Southwest and also shout out to our mutual contact, Nick James. Um, tell us about what that experience was like. Shout out Nick James to God. That was dope. Um, it's my third year going out there. Usually you get sent by the organization to do some workshops and stuff like that out there. Um, this year was dope because I was able to uh, work with the homies at Rapport Studios that Nick is a part of also. And we've been creating a lot of like culturally responsive um, educational content. And that was kind of like the debut of our work out there. So like the type of work we do, like we created like hip hop music to teach the coding language Python, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, so like we do stuff like that. And part of the projects, um, they collaborated with me on a Defend PR curriculum. 
So I created like an augmented reality timeline from 1917 to now. And it's like a huge poster that you could like use an app to augment off of and it'll give you all this like different types of media um, popping off the page. Um, so it's for educators to use in the classroom with their students, a whole lesson plan around it and things like that. So we're able to launch that. So it was dope seeing the FEMPR in the educational context. And we were doing workshops with it. And people were like, like I, don't, I didn't know that this was happening with Puerto Rico, you know? That was like amazing to me. Cause I was like, yeah, <laughs> let me put you on to like what's really going down out there. And not only that, but take this back to your classrooms and like do some lessons on it with your students so that they know because like, this shit ain't in the history books and they're not going to tell you what's really going down. So it was dope to launch like report studios with them, and um, and like we had like a few projects that we were like showcasing out there, and you know like all of our work revolves around you know really like supporting our communities way because there's like ways of our our youth not um, being taught the real thing in our schools, and we're using report studios to kind of change how that like curriculum gets delivered, and also be culturally responsive to what youth are doing because they definitely should have agency in their education you know so how do you use you know rick ross meme in your lesson plan you know what i mean like that's the type of work that we want to help educators do and design you know so that was dope we stayed out there through our south by southwest interactive we did another workshop uh, called the holodeck which is like a rotation station blended learning uh, model in the classroom that sets up different stations with different activities for kids to take part in and revolves around like some of the hip hop curriculum music and things like that. You're able to go from station to station using augmented reality, watching VR, 360 videos, and interact and choose and kind of self-guide yourself through like your education and like lesson plans. So yeah, we got a lot of great feedback on those things. Um, we were out there for like two weeks. And it was dope, man. It was really, uh, I think everybody in the world went there at the same time. Because <laughs> it f- hella felt like that, blood. Like, <laughs> like, they, like, shut down the streets. There's, like, block parties everywhere. Like, you can't drive in, into the city of Austin, barely, you know. It's like everybody from everywhere is there at the same time, you know. Um, and it got real crazy. A show every night. Everybody's out there performing. There's so many activations from like brands and stuff like that. Like it got real crazy. I mean, it was my first time being there for like the music interactive festival part. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm gonna go back <laughs> just because it's like hella people. <laughs> but it's a dope. It was a dope space to be. Um, like hella creatives down there and stuff like that. New music, you know, all those things. So it was dope. You know, I don't really have any other questions. So. Parting words you want to give the audience, uh, what people can look forward to from Defend PR. Yeah, so we're going to keep releasing more content. I mean, we got so much footage and so many people that, that, that contributed um, and took part in, in the project that we're still going through footage and picking out stuff to release. Trying to work on a small film, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely like an idea that me and Eli have been working around. Mm-hmm. And then we're back out in Puerto Rico in June for the Citizen exhibit. And I think hopefully me and Eli might be out there for the summer documenting more stuff and uh, doing more stuff for the film, the film aspect of the project. And then we know we got some dates in the fall confirmed for New York. We'll be back in New York with the City Cien exhibit, Boston and Philly, possibly. But there's going to be a lot more stuff 
like interactive wise that that we want to do for the summer that we want to make sure that we people are like they have the tools you know if they want to get more involved with movements and stuff like that we're connecting the right people and if you go to the site this project is definitely like we haven't gotten any funding for this project yet um so we've been all doing it out of our own pocket and you know we've been trying to uh just generate some support by like making t-shirts you know stickers pins and stuff like that so if you love the project, you're down for the people, like definitely like check out what we're selling online and all the funds really go to like support and push the project forward. And you can make a donation also. So <laughs> definitely like do that, please. <laughs> you can also check Facebook, Instagram, www.defempr.com. Uncle Nacho just created a PayPal account himself, which uh, 50% of the proceeds that I may have donated from fans, I'm looking to support causes, you know? And that's part of the interactive thing that I can provide is, like, whoever might be listening, like, their money can go towards something dope. And everyone listening, please, you know, check out Defend PR on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and www.defendpr.com for more information. Uh, Mikey, thank you so much for joining the show, man. Definitely. And uh, signing off, Uncle Nacho, we'll catch you next time. And that was the latest from the Uncle Nacho Show. You can follow Uncle Nacho on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Uncle Nachos or on Facebook by searching the Uncle Nacho Show and simply Uncle Nacho on SoundCloud and iTunes. Signing off till next time. Peace. Peace.